I think um, you need to say clearly what happened. Who gives a fuck? I can't be personally kick Candace Owens and her stinky cray cray. I know this is gonna be a lot of Let's keep this shit funky. Today we have a special guest who's gonna be joining with us. Um, legendary, legendary from the group Sister Sledge. Daffy Sledge will be joining us. Hang on, um, um, Miss Sledge is joining us. Stand by. Oh, fantastic. Hello. Hi. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. I'm T Storm. It's Mike Smith. Hey. Welcome. Welcome Mike. to the. Hey. Do I should I see Mike right now? Um, if Here Mike I says am. something, it oh, probably yeah, yeah, pop I see up. You guys. It's crazy <laughs> because I had I normally zoom with my laptop and I. Okay, here's the truth. My daughter took it with her. Okay. <laughs> so I'm zooming through my phone so I can see everybody. So okay. Very cool. Hi, are you, you're, on, you're on the East Coast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are you guys? Where, I'm in New York. Mike is in Atlanta. Oh, okay. Yep. I am um, right between New York and Philly. Oh, okay. I lived in Philly for about a couple of years. I was in Philly uh, at WRMB. Okay. You know, you have a little Philly accent. <laughs> Do I? Okay, yeah. I probably picked up. Yeah, I thought you were straight <laughs> up from Philly. <laughs> you know, I, I I wish I could grow the Philly beard though. I'm not hairy like that. You're right. A, well, you don't want to do that anyway. I, I really, no, I really do. I would you love that really long beard thing. The really thick, you know, Muslim type. Yeah, Philly beard. That, we call it the Keebler Elf beard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that, but you know, what do I know? <laughs> it does, oh, though, right? It looks kind of like yeah, it does. It, it, right. <laughs> oh man! Well, th- thanks for joining us. Appreciate you joining us. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I really am. Let me. I put. I put my do not disturb, but I don't know why it's like. But hopefully, it's not going to interrupt anything. Okay. I did put I, it yeah, hopefully nobody calls me on my on my tablet. Yeah. That happens from time to time, and I forget. But um, one, we're big fans. I mean, uh, I can't. I, so, seeing pictures of you, <laughs> I'll, I'll just put this out this now. Seeing pictures and videos of you, yeah, I I, I don't believe. <laughs> I know it's you, like I have that Benjamin Buttons thing going. Yes, <laughs> no, I that's really the best way to say it. Well, yes, like because I'm the same age as Charday and Angela Bassett, and it's funny because and they look amazing. You know, they're like you know black girl magic. But the funny thing is, like lately, honestly, because I do a show with my daughter, and everybody's like, "You guys are twinning. You guys are twinning." And and you know, Sinbad, the comedian, always says like. Mothers love that. The daughters are going to need therapy. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter is gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Yes, she's she is, like, yes. Oh, yeah, that's cool. But now she's like, okay, we're not twins. <laughs> I love it. Yes, and the, the show is The Family Room. You, to, you guys do that um, uh, what, twice a week, or you do, do one show and you rebroadcast it? Yeah, you know, we started out with um, Saturdays. Uh, mm-hmm. And the reason why is because the brand always had really big following overseas. Because we had a lot of hits, we said like maybe three before we are family overseas. So we okay. have a big following, the Sledge brand. And the reason we do Saturdays is um, I cater to, we did Saturdays at 1245. 
So that makes it, what, 9.45 on the West Coast. So I always have a cup of coffee for whoever is in the room for the West Coast. And Kristen, my daughter, she has uh, a glass of wine because she's definitely of age to drink. And, <laughs> but then what we started noticing is folks from Europe started like popping up with their cocktail emojis because it's 5.30 there. So mm -hmm. with that said, that was a prime time for us to do Saturdays because I can reach the following overseas. But now we're having such a good time with it. We've been getting some strong feedback. We do Wednesday nights and we just right. have wine on Wednesday. We have wine on Wednesday, no coffee. No coffee, no coffee. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I like my coffee with rum in it or, you know, so. Right, okay. time with Bailey's, with rum. Uh -huh. That's really good. I do rum, yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Okay, yeah, yeah. should have no. told me that. <laughs> <laughs> So what, what, what'd you, why'd you guys start the family room? It's crazy, but we were talking to networks. I, I produce shows. I produce live shows. Mm -hmm. And I produce, um, I, I produced a show about Billie Holiday because people say I bring Billie to life. So mm -hmm. I thought, let's do Billie in a way that she'd be proud. We know the heavy story. And mm -hmm. I produce live concert shows. Um, and I'll talk about that in our interview. But then... I, I produced a show about the next generation of We Are Family because all the sisters have daughters that are HBCU grads. They're gorgeous girls, really, you know, they're my nieces. And they, here's what's crazy. They harmonize like the sisters and their cousins. Wow. So I put together a show called Sledge Girl, which is my daughter's Twitter name. And the We Network wanted to pick it up. Okay. Uh, but but one of the sisters pulled her daughters. And so I was like, you know what? The next thing I'll do, I'll do a mother-daughter thing. So Kristen and I were actually kind of like Diana and Tracy or Goldie Hawn and Kate Hudson. And we thought, first of all, I'm sitting on a, a worldwide brand called We Are Family. And right. really the whole idea was, you know, I like the Ellen show. And I noticed that Ellen has home good products. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm like, if Ellen can sell sheets and pillowcases, you can't tell me that we are family lady can't. So right. that's how it started. It started like that was a whole idea of family room. But when when the quarantine happened, it was deep. I really thought about it. I was like, you know, what can we do? And I'm sure you feel the same way. That's why we're here. It's like, what yeah. can we do to reach yeah. out, especially the folks who are quarantining alone? And we came up with um well, actually, it was my daughter's idea. She's like, you know what, Mom? We were about to pitch this to networks. Let's just start within these four walls. And that is really the birth of Family Room. That's great. That's dope. So it's, you guys had some, uh, some heavyweights come through and, and bless you with being on the show. Yeah, you know, it's crazy because we do this little thing. I don't know if you've seen the show yet, but it's very organic. It's starting to just come to life. Because the people in the room are bringing it to life. Like we have one woman who is, she's a sister and she's a psychologist. So she'll come in and talk to the folks. But then there's a side of her that's crazy. <laughs> okay. And, and, and she's, you know, her, her IG name is God's lovely lady. But what's so cool is just through my colleagues and friends, we have this little segment called, some, you know, Paul McCartney, someone's knocking at the door, someone's ringing the bell. And so we do this little thing where somebody's coming in the room and you never know who it can be. So, yeah, you know, we started reaching out and like Niall was there last week. And the oh, fun wow. thing is, 
you never know who's going to be in the room. Um, yeah. So. That's fantastic. So when you say now, you mean um, now, now Rogers? Rogers. Rogers. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I had the honor of interviewing um, Mr. Now Rogers a few years ago. Did you? He has so many it's insane. records. It's insane. And it, was, it was things like I didn't know, like doing some research, finding out that he did the the sound, he did the all, the music for um uh, uh, the Eddie Murphy movie um um about um, oh, oh my all right song. yeah uh, coming to America coming to America yes he did the music I for that I wrote a song on that coming to did America. you yeah really it's the scene where um Arsenio Hall is has hooked up the apartment. And, yes. you know you know got the money hooked up the apartment and it's right. called living the good life yes and, um, yeah so yeah but no he's so Niall's so talented he just I mean I remember when he used to do the chic tour and mm-hmm. he used to have you know like a girl up front singing all the chic hits and I'll never forget like one time it might have been overseas I was over there and I saw a show and and the, and the the sister did, I want your love, I want, she sang that song like a ballad. And mm-hmm. I remember telling him, why are you doing that like a ballad? Like, that's like your song. And what you, it, what you need, what you don't realize, I think, is instead of calling it the chic show, you should call it Nile Rogers because just don't do the chic hits. People don't have, they don't have any idea. And I'm mm-hmm. sure I'm not the only one that told them this. No one has any idea how many hits he wrote until you go to his show. Yeah. Like, you know, David Bowie, yeah. Let's Dance, Madonna, mm-hmm. Material Girl. My sisters and I are actually doing the background on Material Girl. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah, wow. you know, what's crazy is when he did the interview with us, with my daughter and I last Saturday, what he said he did, and I didn't realize this, he calls up people because he has his relationships. Like he told me, John Hall, um, uh, Hall and Oates actually did mm-hmm. the background on a Duran Duran song, and Duran Duran did the background on a Sister Sledge remix, and uh, he just calls these, and we did the background on Madonna. And so he's, you know, that's wow. Niall, though. He's pretty genius with how he writes. I'm talking to him now. I wrote a song with Jimmy Jam of uh, Jam and Lewis. Yeah. And, um, I'm sorry about that. I thought my do not disturb was on. Sorry about that, guys. That's okay. That's okay. No, I fine. did put it on, I swear, but it, I did it wrong. <laughs> it anyway, may um, to me too, I'm, so. I'm the absolute worst with technology. I <laughs> halt the show often trying to get technology to work. So and I don't feel so bad. You know, my daughter and I, I mean, we're so bad in the family room that we, we have this nickname. Like whenever there's a mess up, I'm like, it's the Loving Hands at Home production. <laughs> I call it. Like, what do you do? I call it. I call it the Teddy Riley experiment. Every time. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that was pretty bad. So here's, here's, my, here's a question. I, I didn't know you guys were from Philly, right? Yeah. Um. So how did you guys end up linking up with Now Rogers? Um. As opposed. As opposed to. Kenny Gamble, Gamble and Huff. Like, did you, was there ever, did you guys ever have any talks or work with him on anything? We did. Like, we tried out, we did audition for Gamble and Huff. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, like, I was, I, I want to say I was around 12. But what people don't know is um, I, I really have been singing. We had hits overseas when I was 13, 14. Um, wow. 
that I really, I'm, I'm actually writing my memoirs now. I'm excited about, a bit too early to say the name of the person doing the film, but we've been oh talking about a We Are Family, Sister Sled story, that, like the truth behind the music. But what's so crazy is um, we did um, songs when I was 14 overseas. And we auditioned for Gamble and Huff, but they literally said we were too young. <laughs> and, you know, I get it now because I think the song we were auditioning and I was around 14 was that um, When Will I See You Again by the Three Degrees. And that was very mature lyrics for a 13-year-old yeah. to be singing. But we did try out for them. And everyone asked that question. <clears throat> and the answer to that is, honestly, we, um, we would have loved to have been with the Philadelphia Sound. Nile Rogers and the late Bernard Edwards, the way they tell the story is, is very interesting. We were, we were on a list of groups that the record company handed them and said, choose one of these groups to produce. And what's crazy is they just had major hits with, I think, Yowza, 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 and you know, everybody mm -hmm. dance. Mm -hmm. And um, we were on that list. And I, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think the record company wanted them to produce uh, the Rolling Stones because they, they, were, they were mega then. They had success. And they were like, no, 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 no. If we produce Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones, it's going to be an instant hit. We want to prove to the world that we really are great producers. So give us some obscure group that no one knows about. <laughs> and that would be us. <laughs> so we were this obscure group. No one knew about us in the United States. And then, and the rest was history with We Are Family. Wow. That's so that cool. happened, you said, about around the age of 13, 14. I yeah. was reading, you guys By the time were... I recorded Family, though, I was 16. Okay. But now, but, when you around the 13, 14, you guys had the uh, opportunity to do the Zaire 74, the Rumble in the Jungle. How yeah. was that? I was 14, and that, that I can't... I can remember that like yesterday. And it's interesting because not some things you want to forget. You don't remember. <laughs> but that I remember. And you know, when this is over, I'll send you a picture. I have a picture that I took. I didn't take it, but um, a journalist took it. And I'm, I'm standing next to George Foreman. And I kid you not, I think I come up to his belt buckle. And, uh, was, you know, because the history of the fight was it was in Zaire, Africa. And it, uh, the then president Mobutu was really a dictator, but Mobutu and Don King thought, you know, wanted to make lots of money. They were, they were going to make this huge campaign of rumble in the jungle and they expected tourists to come. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately not a lot of tourists came. And then George Foreman got a cut on his eye. You know, you know, the history of the fight, we were supposed to be there for two weeks, but right. he had a cut. And that cut made it so that we had to stay over there for like eight weeks because he had to heal in order right. to fight. Yep. Mm -hmm. But that was interesting because we were all over there much longer than we thought. We loved it. But the hotel bill was much higher. <laughs> <laughs> That's another story. But okay. you know, um, that was very, it was a lot of politics. And the creative side, I was just like, which I was a kid, but like a kid in Candyland because I was, you know, able to work with people like James Brown and the Pointer Sisters and a lot of international eclectic acts like Hugh um, Mesekela mm -hmm. and Mary McKeeva. And, you know, and so it was this world kind of 
combination of all these artists doing this huge concert right before the fight. And if you saw the, um, the movie that Will Smith did mm-hmm. about, yeah. what I always wondered why they didn't put this in the movie, but there was a real, a hugely significant thing that happened over there. Cause you know, if you see the movie, you see all the people around the ring screaming, Ali, Mumbai, Ali, you know, because it was very, and that really did happen. Right. What they left out is Mubutu thought that he was going to make a lot of money. So he was charging everyone $20 in order to see the fight. <clears throat> but the people that live there, the indigenous people, that's kind of like what they made in two months. So, mm-hmm. so before the fight, the entire, and he built an 80,000 seater or uh, size arena. Before the fight, it was completely empty because, and the, and the people that lived there were pretty much hanging off the gates to come in. And wow. what I thought was huge was George Foreman and Ali got together in their backstage dressing room and they said, we're not stepping in that ring unless you open those gates. And, you know, to me, that just gives me goosebumps because the idea is the idea of being able to, to have all the people that were supporting and coming mm-hmm. that lived there weren't allowed to go because they didn't right. have the money. So those two brothers got together and said, you can't, we're not fighting unless you open those gates. So, you know, if you see the movie again, you'll see it's like thousands of people in that, in that Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Whereas honestly, there were none in the beginning of it. And so that was kind of, to me, a heartstring story of, of, something that really happened though, that they that's don't really, talk about. That's really cool. Yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea. And I mean, I, I, I'm a little too young to remember the rumble in the jungle, but. <laughs> I don't even know if you were he born. <laughs> I don't. But, you know, because that I was 74. I was one. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. You I was one year that. old. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. I That's very to, cool. I have I have like a hundred year old people come up to me and tell me they grew up listening to my music. I'm like, okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> right. Yeah, man. Um, wow. It's, I can't hear. You know, we are family without thinking about um, my my great aunts. My my grandmother has four sisters. They were really close. They reminded me of you and your sisters. That's and so yeah. when I hear when I hear that song, I immediately think of. The, the five sisters, my, my, my grandmother and her four, four sisters. You know, we get that all the time. And to this day, no matter what, I will always be most proud that we are. I always say we are that family that brought the world together as a family through a song. And, you know, another cool story is we are family was literally written about us. Now Rogers and Bernard Edwards were um, in the office with the then president of um, Warner Brothers Atlantic Records. And mm-hmm. he started describing us. You know, he said, you gotta meet these girls. You gotta write a song about them, their family. They flock together like birds of a feather whenever they come up to the label and blah, blah, blah. So now Bernard started taking notes about us to write a song about us. And so those, those lyrics are really, it really are a portrait of a description of who we were. And that's really, that's really cool. So they, they, had you guys met them yet before, you know, before they no. wrote the song? You know, he just reminded me, and I didn't even realize this. Now just reminded me that we hadn't met until it was time to make the song. 
You know, wow. we met them in the studio for the session of the We Are Family session. And another thing, too, is I wasn't allowed to hear any of the songs until it was time to sing them. So record them. Wait, <laughs> so <laughs> you, were, right. you were in the studio and you were singing the songs just blind. You'd hear it there, demo vocals or whatever, and then you go in the booth and sing it. Oh, yeah. Greatest dancer, literally. And these guys were so talented. Originally, that song, I want your love, I want your love, that was mm-hmm. our song. And He's the Greatest Dancer was their song. And at the last minute, they flipped it. So if you listen closely to I Want Your Love, there's a part that goes, you're lonely. That's Sister Sledge. That's us doing that because that was our record. And they just flipped it and said, no, you're going to do Greatest Dancer. But Greatest Dancer, I really remember the way I recorded that song, it was like, okay, cut. One night in the disco, okay, cut. And now sing, on the outskirts of Risco. On the outskirts of Risco, okay, cut. Mm. So I learned it as I was singing it, you know. Wow. And, uh, and we are family, same thing. We are family. I always feel uh, special about the fact that we are family was actually, the ad lib was done in one take. And that's, now, of course, they took it and they spliced it around and they edited how it should be. But I remember mm-hmm. doing like the ad lib. And then when I was finished, I was ready to do it again. And they were like, no, we got it. <laughs> yeah so you know it was a great marriage working with them um and i always feel like they were ahead of their time niall talked about how their heroes were gamble and huff and um and then i, I interviewed jimmy jam too the week before niall and he mm. was saying their heroes were niall and bernard so it's like <laughs> just keep passing the torch yeah 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 oh wow what was it like touring for you? I mean, to be that young and on the road and how did, how, how did you feel? Tour? Yeah. Uh, you know, it was hard work. And sometimes it felt like one long day. Because mm. <laughs> okay. what we didn't expect, we, I was used to working. I mean, I have been working all my life, honestly. Like, I jokingly say I have the real Hannah Montana life when I was a little girl. Because no, we would like go overseas, do these concerts. And then I'd come home and get on the bus and go to school. And I mean, the concerts, we would, like, we would do the Tokyo Music Festival with the Commodores and we'd come, come in second place. And then I'd come home and I'd get on the bus and I'd go to school. And then I'd go back to England and we'd do some sellout festivals that we headlined. And then I'd come home and I'd get on the bus and I'd go to school. And I would want to talk about it with my friends, but it just didn't fit. Like you... What did you do this weekend? I went to the mall. <laughs> I went to the mall. I went shopping. I went to Japan. <laughs> but you know, now, honestly, in retrospect, it really gave me a balance in life because I realize to this day, I realize, you know, one is your work that you love and it's your passion. And one is your life and your life comes first. And I think if you don't have that balance, that's when you can get it confused. You know, and I think a lot of artists sometimes when they don't have the accolades or when they're not, you know, they feel like they're not, that's their purpose. And you have to understand that your purpose is, you have to find what your purpose is, you know, your passion, maybe your music, but what, and still to this day, and I always ask, now I'm going to flip the interview, but I always, I always ask this question, like, I, we know our passion, you know, your, your passion is honestly obviously what you're doing is your passion. 
Right. But sometimes we don't, it takes a lifetime to know your purpose. You know, I'm still finding my purpose. I think it was, um, uh, I think Steve Harvey had talked about that a little bit on an interview or something I saw a long time ago. And it, it was, I thought that that concept was very impactful because I think up until that point, I had just married the two notions together. Well, if I'm passionate about it, it must be my purpose. But it was at that point with that I stopped and said, okay, really let me look at my life and, and figure out what, what is my purpose. And sometimes you can figure that out and merge the two things um, together which hopefully that's what we're doing, doing here right now. Right. So the show with your daughter, is that your passion or your purpose? Funny you should say that. I thought my purpose was to, I, I have, I know anybody that knows me would tell you that I'm very driven and in a good way, you know, I, you know, you know what you, like I can sometimes be a workaholic at things. And um, so I, I loved the idea of branding and coming up with a talk show idea because this is a way to reconnect the dots. And we are family. I always say is it's a, it's a brand that's going to be here when we're all long gone. So let's give that brand life. But what I'm realizing is when I started doing family room, there's a whole deep purpose with that especially now with our quarantine because i it started out actually with me singing songs i I would get i would get some um requests from fans or friends facebook people that would say look they would instant message me or dm me or send a um a message a message to me and ask me especially when the quarantine first started they're like can you sing some songs like can you can you sing some songs just go on Facebook and sing songs. So it took me a while to think what songs. And I really didn't want to do it like, oh, wow, I have a captive audience now. Let me sing. It was more like, wow, this, you know, honestly, this whole thing, when you think about it, is really crazy what we're going through. And I, you know, it's kind of scary too. And I said, you know, especially with folks quarantining alone. So I thought about it. It's like, well, I'd love to sing songs I would love to use this voice if it gives comfort. And I started the songs of comfort series. And I would just once every Sunday sing a song of comfort. Like the first song was, I say a little prayer for you. Mm-hmm. And then Easter weekend, I think I sang Balm of Gilead. And then, um, you know, I would just sing songs. And then from that, that's when Kristen came to me and said, why don't we do family room here? Now what we're finding is, um, Club Quarantine started playing one of our songs and it became shout out to D-Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to D-Nice. He, he started playing Thinking of You. And so then I became the queen of Club Quarantine without my, you know, I was like, <laughs> wow, that's cool. So then I started sitting with Kristen and coming up with the idea of family room. And now what I'm realizing to answer your purpose question is it wasn't even about branding as much as um, I think one of the press releases said, you know, where, where club quarantine is a place where people come to dance and sing and congregate. Where family is starting to be a place where people celebrate love. And I'm seeing so much, not to sound cliche-ish, but there's so much love in that room. Like people are supportive of each other 
And I've got to tell you, there's some things that happen. Like someone might come on and you might break down and cry and tell you they lost the aunt. Or they, and then all of a sudden, across the screen, you just see all these prayer hands. You know, like people lifting yeah. them up. And that's, that's kind of, I'm feeling, you know what? The purpose is honestly much bigger than what I ever imagined. And that is, if people are finding comfort in that room, and I am too, then it's, it's, then it's much needed for all of us. Yeah. So I'm feeling like that might be the purpose more and more. Yeah. I got to identify with that. Like when, when the quarantine first started, I mean, still to this day, when I leave the, when I leave the house to go to the grocery store or whatever, it's just a bizarre feeling. It's just surreal. I can't believe Me too. this is happening, you know, and it's, it's, it's no, I'm agreeing with you. It's like twilight zone. Yeah. 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 And, and so, um, I started me and some, some other friends of mine, we started, um, to do, and, and then, you know, realizing there were, there, there were people that were in the clubs, like the DJs and stuff there, people that lost income for having to, having to be home. And we did a, a, a quarantine-a-thon like the first weekend. We did a quarantine-a-thon okay. and donated money to like the D, you know, some of the DJs that, yeah. you know, that lost income or whatever, but it was, I came out of the clubs, you know, when I started having kids and it was like, I, and now I don't really enjoy being in the clubs anymore. I, I still like to do events, but not so much the clubs. But in any case, all that to say, um, DJing was therapeutic for me as well. You know what I mean? To be able to go on and, and to connect with people and play music and you get that instant response, you know, people appreciating music and it gives them something else to think about other yeah. than the, the, the yeah. crisis that we're in. Yeah, it's like, in a way, it's like escaping, but at the same time, coming to a place where everybody's in the same room. Like I jokingly say with family room, I, I sometimes you know when it starts up, I'm like, hello, this is, this is a new outside for a minute. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. let's just all meet up here. And it's, you know, and now more and more, we're starting to read articles about mental health. Cause you know, in the yeah. beginning, like, we were all like, okay, we got to do this. Let's roll up our sleeves. I'm going to clean up yeah. that closet. <laughs> I'm going to get to the things <laughs> I said I can't. My closet still needs to be clean. It's like, because now I'm like, we're going on six months with this now. Right. You know, and I, I just can't, like what they call the new normal. I'm like, well, there's nothing normal about this. Oh. I can't, you know? And no, I, can't, no. I can't get past the mask. I mean, I wear a mask, of course. But, you know, when I see these ads, like get your designer mask, I'm like, no, no. <laughs> Right. Imagine your master outfits now. It's it's a thing. I know. Yo. It's crazy to me. Says so, you know, my I just pray. I just say, you know, we we experienced this with the Spanish flu, you know. But truthfully, right. you know, it took five years on at least for the, the field that I'm in, like festivals. It took mm-hmm. five years for people to get comfortable again in huge crowds. But it did go away. And I always say, and this too shall pass. And that's just the faith in me. I just feel like, you know. Uh, this is, we're going to get through this, you know, we have to, because, you know, I can't imagine it like this is the new world. I'm like, no. Yeah. No, I'm with you. (laughs) I told my kids, I have two, so I have two grown sons and I have a toddler. Yeah. Um, And everyone's in the house now. Like I usually work from home. I was already working from home. Mm -hmm. Now everybody's home and working. My wife is working from home. Everybody's working. So it's, yeah. I feel like okay, everybody's crowding my space now, but that's a whole nother story. 
But I know um, it's funny, but the same thing. Like my daughter was in LA, and my son too, and I, we were like, we think y'all should come home. That's when they're like, going to be a lockdown for a month. Something told me this is going to be longer than a month. And now, <laughs> even though I hear you, it's like we're on top of each other. But yeah. you know, it's kind of like we're here, and that's good. You know, yeah. we're together. Exactly. Exactly. And so, I, I keep everybody, you know, I, I feel like I got to keep everybody like close just to make sure nothing, you know, nothing happens and stay on them from, don't think this is a game. It's not a joke. You know, people are uh, clown with it and whatever and believe that it's some sort of hoax. Nah, we got family that passed away. We got family that got sick from this. We got friends that got sick from this. So don't take this as a joke. It's like the younger folks, some of them don't take it as seriously. Right. It's funny too, because this thing, it just mutates. It does whatever it wants to do. It's almost like it's not a virus. It has a mind of its own. You know, you think it can just do this. And all of a sudden it's like, well, actually I could do that too. And, you know, you think it's, you know, you know, you hear that you can't catch it again if you had it before. And then you were hearing, actually, that's not true. And right. at the end of the day, or actually, if you're asymptomatic to it, you'll be fine. Or, you, or there might be herd immunity that so many of us, really do have it but we we've acquired a sense of immunity to it and we don't even realize it i've heard that too mm. and you know so it's just like you don't know what this is but that's where the faith comes in because i'm like that's you know that's to me that's what gets me through yeah that's all i can so say I was, it's crazy i was i was doing some reading on you and and just kind of listening to hear you talk about your faith and how that gets you through. You actually kind of had a bit of a, a, a tough upbringing that really seemed sounded like it built some strength in you just in, in how you dealt with um, living in the neighborhood that you lived in in Philly and going to school. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, but you know, when I grew up in Southwest Philly and West Philly, there was such a sense of neighborhood. I mean, and there is now. I mean, I don't live there now. But I think, you know, I think what people don't realize, we always hear the heavy stuff in certain mm -hmm. areas, but there's such a sense of community too that mm -hmm. you don't hear about. And I know growing up where I grew up, there was a huge sense of community. Sometimes our days where we had our least, we were our happiest, you know? It was the later days, and I do go into that in my memoirs. We went through a, a lot, you know, at one point I got sued by my sisters, some, two of them. Mm -hmm. And um, because, you know, it got a little crazy. It doesn't mean that we're not family. It doesn't mean we're not sisters, actually. It means, right. <laughs> means we're family in every bit of the way. You know, now that that's public, when people ask me about it, I go, yeah, yeah, that happened, blah, blah, blah. Then I usually say, now, what's in your wallet? <laughs> <laughs> in the beginning of this, when we started. Be crazy. I said, you, you, you know, you got a loving family. You know, you know, you really got a loving family. Um, when you experience a, a fight at a funeral, that's, I just saw oh that for the God, first that's time. Like, you know, at funerals is when it really comes down. Funerals, <laughs> like, or don't have a property. Right. <laughs> but you know, you can, the laughter heals the heart. And yeah. um, I just did, somebody asked me a question in an interview not so long ago. It was like, how do you stay youthful? I got that, that question. And I think I can honestly say, you have to look at life you have to laugh. You have to, you know, you have to have a merry heart as like opposed to what? 
you know, it can be right. heavy. Yeah. But I actually, to get through this therapeutically or cathartically, um, yeah, there were some heavy, heavy times. And when, as I write, and actually I'm writing, finishing up these memoirs for um, a movie deal. And the person that I really wanted to do it is doing it. And I still have to give them the last two chapters. And the one thing I said, which is true, as long as it has, yeah, we have our madness, but as long as it has a redemptive ending, as long as the ending is no matter what your family, no matter what. And mm-hmm. it, you know, my story can be, and we were family, you know, no, <laughs> right. we are family. Exactly. And so, but I have to, I realized that the hardest part for me to write is that heavy stuff. Like I, it's heavy and now I have to finish it, but, you know, it happens and it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that there's no love there. You know, I think Indiaree has a song out, I had a song out that talks about, I think there's a line in there that goes something about there's no greater hurt than that of a kin. Like it, it, it reaches deeper in the skin or something like that. But, yeah. and I should do my homework before I try to quote her lyrics. <laughs> But I knew it pulled at me when I heard that line. I was like, wow, you know, only your family can, can, can leave something deep, you know, and hurt. And because it is love. And I know that sounds crazy, but I think anybody can understand that. And to answer the beginning of the question about growing up, it wasn't, it wasn't really tough times in West Philly, in Southwest Philly. It was some of our best times. It was when we didn't have much money. It was when, you know, and, and we all, you know, when we grew up in Southwest Philly, <clears throat> like your great grandmother of her sisters, we had, I had five aunts, two uncles, grandfather, grandmother, my mom, my sisters, my little cousin. We all lived in the same house. But you want to know something? It wasn't like, what are they doing here? Right, <laughs> it, was right. like, you know, right. it was like, I used to, you know, like watch my uncles and aunts, like, I used to get such joy. I mean, that like sitting on the plastic couch, like mm-hmm. watching them do the box in the living room. And I, those times, like, to me, it's almost like, and I think that all of us can reach back and go, wow, we remember. There are times, you know, you always have that uncle that has a little bit too much to drink at, at the wedding and tells you how much he loves you. We <laughs> you know, y'all you know, y'all know. <laughs> There's always that uncle. You smell the Hennessy a little too close. Like that's I, I think I might I, I, be that uncle. What did you say? <laughs> I think I might be that uncle. <laughs> yeah, then we turn into that. You gotta carry the legacy. But all this stuff, you know, to me, that is what family is. And you know, I think no, and I really had to realize it's like no, no better person to be able to tell that story, at least me personally. I had to come to know that than, than the person that sings that song. You know, I experienced, and we all have, but I can share these experiences and know that we can all relate to them. Yeah. So maybe that's another purpose. <laughs> <laughs> well, purpose we look all forward. Over the place. We're looking forward to seeing Family Room. Um, Wednesdays at 8 Eastern, Saturdays 
12.30 Eastern. 12, 12.30 p.m. Eastern. It's actually 12.45 now. 12.45. We're always a little late, my daughter. Oh, we on a CP time? Oh, man. Yeah. And you know what's so funny? The people that come now, they're like, y'all are late. They tell we're like, we know it's okay. We're family. Well, well you know, there's a, there's a history uh, to where CP time came from. It's actually named after a brother named Carl... Perkins. Perkins, and uh, he was to get. A, I'm, I'm joking. He's okay. not, there's no <laughs> real right, call. Perkins. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I believe you. Carl Perkins was always early. <laughs> Are you talking about the Carl? Because there is a Carl Perkins. Oh no! This was this was just a joke. I thought there was a radio personality that you know, but he was on like I think he was on like WRTI, like a jazz station. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll have to look and find out if he ever got hit by a bus because he was too early. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> or if he was ever really late. Right. <laughs> right. It became the late CP time. You might be saying a real fact. <laughs> <laughs> when jokes become facts. Like, how did he know that? How did he know? <laughs> yeah. It is a pleasure and an honor speaking with you today. Um, again, you. I, we are really fans, big fans. Thank you. Um, Thank family you. Room, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, and Saturdays at 1245 on IG Live. On IG Live. You know, we're talking to other plat- platforms now, but we're loving it on IG Live. I'm starting to think that these phones are spoiling us because you can just, like, go right in the room. And, oh, um, you yeah, know? It's definitely, it's definitely changed how people consume content. I know. So my agent was talking to me the other day. Like, you know, we're talking to some networks about family. And I'm like, I kind of like it right in my hand. I think <laughs> the quarantine is changing. I mean, you want to be like right there. You kind of only want to turn on the television. You want to w- watch. Oh, it. yeah. So it is yeah, IG no. Live for now. Life. If you just go to my IG and follow me, it's every Saturday. You'll see that I'm live and just go come on in the room. And um, of course, on Wednesday evenings, it's a little more like sexier on Wednesday evenings. Like, you know, Kristen and I, we wear black on Wednesday evenings. But it's kind of cool because. I'm going to pop in. Yeah. Bring my, bring you know, my kibosh, yeah. We talk about different topics on Wednesdays. But anyway, come on. You were now. just at Uncle Just Now, T. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's me all day. Uncle T. Hey, what's happening? What's happening, nephew? Well, when you come in, don't worry. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, bring your glass of wine because we have a little wine. We make a toast. You, you want to um, talk about your music? You got new music out. I do. You know, it's funny. I, I, don't, I haven't talked about my new music. And this is just the artist in me because I feel like there's so many other things people are interested in right now, like a quarantine and a coronavirus out the window. But... <laughs> I do have a record overseas that's doing very well. It's getting a lot of major, um, I guess you could say, outlets picking it up. And it's, I'm actually a guest artist on, okay, brace yourself. But the name of the producers, and they're very famous overseas, they're called Horsemeat Disco. Yeah, okay. I saw that. Horsemeat oh, yeah. yeah. So I love the, the name. States, it's a crazy name. And when I met <laughs> the guys, but they're really... They're very big over there, and they, they have a following. And um, I would say they're like in their 30s and 40s, and it kind of brought back this whole idea of music having um, uh, integrity to dance music, you know, as yeah. opposed to using just sound effects. But 
they started this big following and now we did a guest appearance thing and now the record is really picking up in, in a really nice way. So we'll see what happens. But uh, it's, a do, fantastic it's called Jumping record. to the Light. The guys are really, they're very strong producers. I like the record. We listen to it. I, I love the record. It's, it's pretty dope. It's got some kind of funky. Um, and it's inspired me um, to come up with my own group. Um, I'm going to do, a, I'm gonna do a, a group called Hot Dog Party. And um, <laughs> we'll just go with this. I'm going to tell them where's me disco, guys. <laughs> you never we know. Over there, like pig, a fly. Pig feet um, roller skate rink. I don't know. I just... Throw no, a bunch shit out you, have to use, you have to use an animal and then you have to use a type of music. Oh, that's how that works? Okay. <laughs> well, that's what they did. So, it's, so pick you know, it's opera. Funny, you know what? I'm actually going to bring them on the show because they have a strong following in Europe. And I'm going to ask them how did they come up with that name? I'm sure. I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe one of the guys saw this. They, they literally saw this newspaper article and it said something about horse meat disco and he took it that's cool <laughs> hey, listen that's how i got my name t storm so yeah actually so not from a newspaper from a book i was uh i was a kid at the time i was writing raps and my 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 pen name at the time was something like t ice or ice tea and i was like oh there's already an ice tea i gotta come up with something so i'm sitting in the living room replacing my name you know with a bunch of stuff in the room t medium no that's not gonna work uh, T desk. No, that's not gonna work. And there was a book in the cabinet storm warning. And I said, T storm. Wow. I like it. And I've been T storm ever since. Yeah, it works. <laughs> it definitely works. Yeah. Well, you know, our name, and I know you have to go, but our name was a mistake. We were always the sledge sisters and the DJ was drunk one night and he introduced <laughs> us backwards and we're like, okay, let's keep it. <laughs> Bring on the drunk uncle was the DJ it. this time. Ladies and gentlemen. Coming to say right now, it's uh, sister, sister, sister Sledge. Sledge. And we're like, no, it's the Sledge sisters. <laughs> and then on my older sister, Carol, who's my best friend, she was like, that sounds kind of good. Y'all should keep it. And it was yeah. that simple. That's dope. <laughs> I love it. it. Yeah, man. Thank you for hanging with us, man. It's been an honor. And you have to tell us where the um, founder youth is because I'm, I'm convinced that you know where it is and you're kind of. <laughs> holding out well, I, do say, I, I do do this I, I used to teach fitness for 18 years but we, honestly I really mean that I um keep a merry heart I had this makeup artist that told me this once now brace yourself because this is a very profound line okay she said, God gives you the face you're born with and life will give you the face you deserve isn't that deep wow that is wow that's heavy because you ever go to that school with some like, you ever go to school with somebody, she might have been beautiful, she was a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and you see her now? <laughs> really, though, right? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. It's funny because too. it's like, true. You might go to school with someone and they were maybe kind of homely or whatever, but you see them now because, you know, they're radiant. What I really do believe is in what's inward does come out. And, and I'd like to believe that that's what's most important. So I'm not, I basically, think that just like keep keep a merry heart this is really when people ask me that i just say drink lots of water i drink mm -hmm. water you know i read somewhere whatever your body weight is you should really have half that in ounces every day that's yep. i don't do that but i try to but especially on a serious <laughs> note during the quarantine you know we we gotta 
stay healthy, you know? Yeah. yeah. But that's my advice is just, you know, okay. Let it roll off your shoulders. Don't, don't carry a lot of stuff with you. Okay. So real quick, a, uh, uh, horse face Kendra. Um, Kathy said you look like you deserve basically. Okay. Done. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, say that again. Somebody went to school. I, I was just passing a message on to a, um, a, a woman that I know named that. It's not important. I'll leave it alone. That's kind of petty of me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was, oh, I just got he was it. having wow. a moment. No, you know, that's deep, but that line, when you really think about it, you go, wow, that's pretty deep. And you say, no wonder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Mm-hmm. No, I, I've I've seen you know I, I ran into some 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 people I I went to junior high school we're the same age and oh, I know I used yeah. to have this person who used to always show up and he go we go to school together and I'd like don't know one time he said you're not when he turned his back I was like it was the same building it was not the same year <laughs> we were on the same block not the same year yeah. But you know, then there's another one that I use a lot and it's, um, it's, it's age. It's, let me think this one out because it's really good. It's, um, getting older is inevitable. Aging is an option. That's mm. it. That's it. Cause you know, you, uh, you need to put these on, on t-shirts. Yeah. You know, like, oh. Coffee mugs. You know, or, so or switching cookies or something like, yeah. <laughs> You know what's funny though? On a, on a again, serious note, um, I do like I do think about those things. It, it is it really is an option. Like when I was teaching fitness and I taught it for eighteen years, I used to come up with these ideas of what I would name if I wanted to have a company. And one that I came up with that I never used, but it's true. I was going to call it anybody you want, because in the end, you really can have anybody you want. If, but it's hard work. But you know what? You know, and and I'm not where I want to be yet. I mean, we're all we always know there's some place else we want to be with whatever. But I do know this. I know that um, with everything, it's you just you know, it's having discipline. I like that. Anybody you want. Yeah. That sounds like a mantra when I was single. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't oh. mean it that way. I'm in the club like anybody you want, brother. That's right. I'm married now. I'm married now. I'm very happy yeah. married now. This is <laughs> occasionally she'll peek down like... the stairs. <laughs> why is going, going to hear this and punch me in my eye? Really? That's what you mean? Yeah. yeah, that'll get you in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She'll cuss me in Spanish and be over with it. She'll be cool. Yeah. You know. Miss Kathy Sledge. Kathy Sledge. Kathy Sledge. I don't want to. You don't look like Miss. Let me just. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. We have uh, had just uh, just the honor talking to you. Um, congratulations on the show, Family Room. Looking forward to see it on network because I believe it's going to happen. Oh, thank you so much. We'll see a lot sooner than later because this the time for it, and uh, yeah, we look the time for it. We're we're feeling that too. We're excited about that. We're looking forward to but connecting with you come again. In the room sometimes, I mean, absolutely. In it, come in the room and. And I always say, you know, make the request and we get to talk and laugh and it's really fun. We have a lot of fun. Um, I'll shoot you. I, um, I can shoot you uh, the email and, and, uh, um, well, you, you're on Instagram. Just follow me and I'll follow you back. And then. All right. Do that. Now. Perfect. 
Yeah, both of you guys, make sure you follow us. And, yeah. so, and, and if I know you're in the room, I'm going to call you out. <laughs> so I, I'll have to set up an IG account to be able to do it, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I purged from social media for the most part uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, it was it was too much. It was just all of the uh, trolls and haters and the negativity. And, and I, I started to see how that affected my day to day. And I just punched out. It's like, OK, I'm done. That's so yeah. true. I mean, I was reading another article how that is actually really like affecting people heavily. But what I've learned is I balance thing like you got to and I'll find myself sometimes because I'm always editing things from family room or looking or sending out ideas and I have to say, go away from that phone, mm. you know, but if you jump in and get an IG, then just come in for family room and then, and then don't go on. <laughs> I will, I will do it for you. I will do it to be able to come to the family room. All right. I would like that. You guys, you guys will have fun. We have fun. I'm in there with my bottle of uh, Cavassier. So okay. you know, you're joking, but people are in there with that. Let me tell oh, you. Not, I'm not okay. joking. I'm dead serious. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but make sure you do that on Wednesday night. Oh, listen. <laughs> since 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 uh Corona, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Some like yeah. I know. I know. It's crazy. It's kind of crazy. But well, we yeah. will get through. Absolutely. Absolutely. We will get through. Uh, Thank you again for joining us, man. We, uh, we, we could talk to you for hours, but we appreciate your time. And thank you for, uh, for hanging out with us. Thank you so much. See you guys in the family room. And thank you. That was fun. Absolutely. Absolute pleasure. All right. All right. Stay safe. You too. You too. Bye. All right. Absolutely. Kathy Sledge, everyone. Yeah, man. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. Good. Excellent. She was fun. Um... <sighs> We can rap. Yeah. Um, I think we, we pretty much got to everything. We got to her music. Um, talked about the group, man. Yeah, she, she's really awesome. Um, she's another one. I mean, we talked a lot about now Rogers and, and uh, but she also writes and produces. So mm -hmm. it's a lot of stuff out there that, is, you know, has her name on it with accolades. So if, you know, a lot of women run around talking about being a boss bitch that's what a boss looks like. Oh, She's absolutely. A boss, for sure. Oh, yeah. And gorgeous. Just absolutely gorgeous. I didn't come <laughs> off too, uh, too thirsty, did I? A little bit with that Cavassier in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> Drunk uncle at the picnic. <laughs> Anybody I want. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, she was cool. She was very fun. Very fun. Family Room, yeah. Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern. Saturdays, 1245 Eastern. Um, follow at Kathy Sledge on Instagram. Live. Do that. And you can follow us at Unpoppin' Show. That's 1P, no G, on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and, um, of course, the website, unpoppin.com. Um... We appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you guys watching. And uh, we'll be back with some more. Peace. Peace. I know this is going to be unpopular, and I don't care.